Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hayden. I'm an Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on the Chuck and Julie Show. Welcome, everyone, to Christmas week. This is Chuck Bonnywell and Julie Hayden, True Straight Up, brought to you by the show, Chuck and Julie Show. We should call it the Julie and Chuck Show every other day. No, no, that, doesn't, <laughs> that, that just doesn't have the rhyme or the beauty or, or, or the majesticness of the, uh, the Chuck and Julie Show. Uh, Hey, the show is brought to you by Mountain West Wellness, Advanced Acupuncture and Chinese Medicine, and the wonderful Dr. Jack Schaefer. Also, Mountain Tree, Mountain Trees, HappyTrees.co, and Denver Cynogenics and Dr. Julie McCallan. Um, there was so much to talk about today. I keep thinking we need more time, more shows. More time, more shows. We'll get into this later on. Um, Ted Trampa, Sword of Sorrows, joining us. Actually, kind of an interesting um, take. He got into a Twitter feud with um former seven ten colleague of ours, Craig Silverman. Um, oh. and we'll uh, yeah, and you'll be sad to know that it's Ted and Arash and Greg Gutfield's fault. Any crime in America now is pretty much their fault. Um, it's Christy Burton Brown, no surprise here, not running for Colorado chair again. Wow, and she did such a good job, yeah, such success. No, no. What, will we, what such, will we do? What will we do with that kind of leadership gone <laughs> after a mere two years of hell? But to start off the show one of my favorite not only talk show hosts but favorite person karen cataline human being human being host of spotting off hey karen thank you for your time on this happy christmas monday before christmas happy holidays monday well merry christmas to both of you happy holidays merry hanukkah all of that all of that stuff. All of that stuff. Um, oh, okay, we'll read the comments here in the later. People are already chiming in. It's like we have to have a whole separate show for a comment section. You know, Karen, there's so much to talk about. And I just love having you on because, you know, we agree on so many things. We kind of disagree on certain things. Not many, but I think uh, I just always love to hear your opinion. So let me get your take on sort of some of the big news, although, again, not shocking, I think. Coming out today, Liz Cheney and her cohorts on the January 6th committee have um have basically referred or asked the Department of Justice to file criminal charges against Donald Trump and John Eastman over or John Eastman, you know, I represented a couple of things. You know, he was this wonderful constitutional scholar and then he got then he got in the crosshairs of the hideous left who who really are the world's worst human beings. Yeah. So my big question is, I don't think it's surprising to anyone that they did this. You answer, I mean, you could talk about that if you want, but do you think anyone besides Liz Cheney cares very much? Well, I have long since trying to ascertain what the anyone's are because we're living in the most extraordinary times of my lifetime, certainly. Um, when I read that, that they're recommending indictment. I went shocked. I'm shocked. I'm so shocked. <laughs> um, and here's the thing. It, it, it gives me no pleasure to constantly have to reiterate the Satan doggone thing. I get bored of, of myself saying that this is a bunch that never fails to disappoint their predictable pattern. You know, yeah. the pattern is They decide what they want to do, and then they create a narrative and a need to justify 
what they plan to do anyway. Everything is reversed. Maybe I've seen it earlier than some people, not you guys, because I'm left-handed and I look at everything as if it's in a mirror anyway. Uh But it is astonishing to see how they can remember when Nancy Pelosi, God love her, um, talked about the wraparound smear. Yeah. And if this on steroids again and again and again and again, they know, and you pointed it out early, they know that they want to do anything and everything they can to, to quote, disqualify Trump from running, right. no right. matter how uh, unjust, unconstitutional, unfair, and ridiculous that is, they want to whip the public into a frenzy. It hasn't worked very well in order that the public will be clamoring to demand what it is the radical left, which now controls the Democrat Party, wanted to do anyway. Right. I'm not the least bit surprised and nothing surprises me anymore. No, and I think you're right. I mean, the guy from Mark Elias from Lawfare early, which is a Democrat operative arm, early on said, well, the Brookings Institute. Yeah, well, he, he was yeah. with Lawfare at the time. No, no, no. Lawfare is a subsidiary Brookings. Of, of the Brookings Institute. And I mean, you're kind of, kind of like, well, why didn't I know that before? You know, it's kind of amazing. Well, and he had said early on that, well, how can someone run for president if they're under indictment? Yeah, I mean, right. But you know what else? How can I mean? someone run for president who used his son as a go-between uh, for <laughs> communist China? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It was, yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, Elizabeth. Can't Lo- remember who's the president. Can't remember what state he's in, what town he's in, where he's at, wh- whether he talked to his father and grandfather 20 years after they were dead. I mean, the guy is a total mess and is, was a mess from day one. Well, what and I don't think- of, just as an aside, what kind of contempt do the whomevers who are really running this country have to have for this country to yes. try to pass off such a man as president of the United States? Exactly. Right. Well, and here's another part, I think, of what they're doing with Donald Trump, as long as they keep him up there, because I think there's always a twofold thing going on. And it is like Donald Trump said, it's not really him they're after, it's us, right? Um, Ash in America, who we've had on our show, she writes a column for the Glendale Terry Creek Chronicle. Um, and I recommend people check out her yeah, site. She's got a story up today about a 74-year-old grandmother from Denver who had to turn herself into the FBI, like this week, Right. Because they want to indict, they indict her, they want to arrest her for going to this for January 6th, for being at the Capitol and praying. Didn't do anything wrong, didn't trespass, they let her in, okay? And the FBI, and I think what's going on here a little bit more too is they're indicting Donald Trump, they want to continue to pressure the rest of us. I mean, we've seen with the Twitter files, right? Just what lengths they're willing to go to to suppress speech from conservatives. And I think well, you have to that's remember, part of it too. I mean, know, they want to keep crushing the people. They had Twitter files number seven. This was about the Hunter Biden laptop and the efforts to keep it from the mainstream media. What is so amazing to remember is that this is when Donald Trump was president. Yeah. He was in charge of the chief executive. He was in charge, quote unquote, charge of everything. And the FBI was, FBI was telling Twitter, you gotta, you gotta <laughs> suppress this. I mean, he went on 60 minutes and Leslie Stahl, but it's not verifiable. Um, and, and, yeah. and, and, and yet the FBI just working it's, as it it's does. A, it's own thing. It's own and, thing. And, if anybody doesn't think the FBI, is a criminal organization. I'm not not paying attention. Terrifying, terrifying. And think that a lot of people, maybe, not a lot of people, not your listeners, miss the fact that all of these things, what the Twitter files revealed, 
was that our government and government agencies are using private companies, corporations, and the medical establishment as their proxy to take our rights and freedoms and our Guaranteed and uh, guaranteed under the Bill yeah. of Rights and the Constitution. So they're circumventing our rights, doing it in plain view. We all knew it. Now there's evidence of it. And it's not just that. And remember that the left kept saying, oh, but it's a private company. Right, right. right. This right. is the left that hates corporations, hates businesses. Not anymore. Woke cola, then they love them. Right. Everything, all truth has been turned on its head. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. And uh, just a couple of comments. Barney says, don't forget that Biden poops his pants and showers with his daughter. So there. Hi, Barney. (laughs) Tell us what you really think, Barney. (laughs) And Steve says, is the FBI a domestic terrorism organization asking for a friend? All right. Now they're going to come arrest you, Stephen. Well, you know, it is, it it is astonishing. I wanted to kind of swing this around because you know, we only have a half hour with you. There's so much to talk about. Something when we were, you know, exchanging emails about what to talk about. And you said you had a great guest on your show, Spouting Off, recently, talking about the weapon, weaponization of loneliness. And tell everybody where your show's at. Yeah. And then, so, you know. They, they can, can find you, which well, I think sure most um, people know. But my no, show. Know. Um, yeah, my show is broadcast out of Nashua, New Hampshire, WSMN. In Nashville, New Hampshire, it's called Spouting Off Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. And then that show gets sort of, shall we say, disseminated in lots of places. But live, it's 1 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Mountain. And uh, those shows are taped live at 1 p.m. or 11 a.m. East uh, Mountain. And I love calls. I mean, a lot of people are a little shy, and then I'll get an email saying, what they really think, but, but, yeah. you know, I, I'm old school and I really love interactive call in talk radio. And that's what you guys do as well. Yeah, that's so, what you do. And then I fill in for a lot of other people. I had this woman and of course I don't have her name. Mm-hmm. That's all right. <laughs> it's that's it's on my website and my, this computer is turned up. She wrote a book. Oh, God, definitely have her on. <laughs> Whoever she is. Whoever she is. <laughs> Hold on. Live TV, live TV. Well, that was, well, you find it. Prepared. Yes. Well, no, well, you'll find it out. I'll, I'll, I'll like, I'll like babble here for a second. But I think whatever, yes. what's interesting about this is we, and it ties into the Twitter thing. One of the reasons I think they were so determined to silence even like low level accounts, right? And I mean, in terms of people who didn't have very many followers, they, one of the things, the left, the FBI, the deep state, whatever you want to call them, the global elites, World Economic Forum, one of the things they want to do is make anyone who disagrees or has questions about their narrative is feel isolated and alone and feel like, you're the only voice, right? So that's why they had to ban people from Twitter. If you're, if one person is raising the question on Twitter and saying, well, but I don't know, I think that Hunter Biden laptop story looks like it might be true, right? Then all of a sudden, other people may say, you know, I think so too. And part of it, I think it is this idea of isolating by silencing all dissenting views and all questions, you end up thinking, well, maybe I'm the only one who feels this way. Well, look at what they did with COVID, okay? Right. Everything, COVID was able, her name is Stella Morabito, actually. And I'll tell you about her in a minute. Everything they did in COVID advanced their ultimate plan, which was, which is and remains Marxist control over America and the world. It sounds like a bad sci-fi movie, but now people realize that 
were living in a bad sci-fi movie. Mm-hmm. Um, they instituted things that we all knew were preposterous and ridiculous. You could, uh, uh, liquor stores and abortions were essential, but going to a church or a 12-step meeting was not and needed to be closed down. Um, and that's when they started instituting disrespect for human life while claiming that it was for your own good and they want to protect you. All of that and more, plus the social distancing and the masks were a psyop, psyop, psyop to make you scared of mm-hmm. this, this uh, invisible virus that turned out to be 99.86% non-lethal and to be suspicious and scared of other people, including your own family. Right, right. It was so serious that one of the great atrocities, and there were many, and I, I cannot stop talking about it because it breaks my heart, is for friends and loved ones and family members to die alone right. in hospitals to, to advance a fraudulent narrative, which right. we all know has only gotten worse. Well, let so me ask. Why? But, Sorry, right. Let me ask you this. It's a little off, off track, but, but, you know, you're, you're good at kind of breaking down conspiracy theories when they're not conspiracy theories and, and whatever else there are. My whole life, I've always thought that the, the claim, the trilateral commission, the Atlantic Council, the Bilderbergs, all of them were just a joke, right? David Rockefeller controlling everything through this and that and, all the way through, you know, I said, oh, stupid <laughs> crap. Um, and, and now I've kind of gone back into Klaus Schwab and what the World Economic Forum is. It's like all true. Klaus Schwab is nothing. He's just a parachechnic. He's a puppet. Uh, he's a puppet. So who is the puppet master? And, and you have to go, the large banks in Europe. I mean, it's the same old people. CCA. for Huh? Apparently, one of my producers has a video out from the Epic Times at ram ramtv.live they got the rights to put this video out they talk about now this is one opinion the 100 year war to destroy america and it's from the ccp when i asked one of my guests they said no the klaus schwab and even that yuval harari who is a despicable human being uh these are puppets of the ccp but you gave me, even though the weaponization of loneliness is a, a really important topic, Chuck, you gave me an opening to talk about something I've kind of wanted to talk about. Because right. what I've seen with my my friends, conservative friends, never has, now that doesn't mean everybody has to agree with me. God knows. I love dissent. I love debate. I love disagreeing because that's the heart and soul of liberty. But some of my conservative friends, it, it, you got to have discernment because when you don't know something and you're still wanting it for it to unfold, it's very easy to fall prey to what I consider really to be insane conspiracy theories. If If the facts come out to the contrary, then I'll change my mind. But I don't see any evidence of the really crazy things I'm hearing because Number one, the truth is so insane. And the things you're talking about, about world domination and control, we're actually seeing that. We have people in our government that has sold out this country to foreign powers, and we have the evidence to prove it. They the took president. Money. No, the yeah, president. They took the money. 
But guess what? There are people in this country, and God love them, I disagree, who believe JFK Jr. is still alive. Okay. Not okay. Well, you know, you know, after we now find out from Tucker Carlson, (laughs) yeah, the CIA was in in killing Kennedy. So maybe he is still alive. I mean, I don't know. I'm not saying that I'll reject it out of hand. I'm saying these days you're right. But what I am saying is, is it's, it's very difficult right now because nature abhors a vacuum. And I'm going to be a little bit personal right now because I have seen again and again and again that I've always heard that when you scratch the surface of a few of these conspiracy theories, what you get is a lot of Jew hatred. It's the Rothschilds bang. It's the the Jewish bankers. It's Jews, 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 even though the Rockefellers aren't Jewish. uh, How do you know that? (laughs) <laughs> and nobody has a monopoly on evil, unfortunately. Oh, I agree with that. Um, and yet there are people who believe this stuff for years and then it it uh, perpetuates. And frankly, that helps the bad guys too. Number one, when we're at each other's throats. And number two, when we accept conspiracy theories with no visible evidence. I will draw a, contra- a contrast and a compare and a contrast. I had the what I call the curse of awareness going back to 2019. But I kept seeing evidence after evidence after evidence of the propaganda media perpetuating lies where there where the truth was obvious, things right. like that. So you got to stay connected to rooted in some kind of reality and be willing not to know because we don't know everything. That's just something that's been on my mind lately. I'm done. Well, you know, but it, well, somebody asked, "What do you think about the New York Times crossword swastika for the Hanukkah edition?" Um, well, almighty, you know, a, I can't imagine. This is my take on that. I think that that was somebody stupid at the New York Times who like did that, didn't realize that if you fill it in, it could look like that. I mean, oh, you know, you, they're not that dumb at the New York Times. So. Well, <laughs> do remember that the yeah. radical left that, could, that accuses us of dog whistles right. and yeah. those right. secret messages are projecting because that's what they do. Yes. So I wouldn't put it past them, not at all, not well, in. Well, then it'll turn around and it'll be our fault, right? It, it'll be the that's New York Times. Well, and there Talk is Julia and Karen, Kylie's fault. It fuels this whole hatred, no matter no matter yeah. what the deal is. And we're going to talk a little bit about this in the next half hour. But you know, it doesn't matter that the person who shot everybody at the uh, the Colorado Springs nightclub is non-binary. Somehow or another, it's Trump's fault, right? I mean, it's just well, it's everybody's fault. I, I, I had somebody call. Um, you, it's your fault. That's it's right. my fault. They called him and said, "Do you know, Charles Bono, you are guilty." Of causing the two-night shooting. And look at what the radicals and the propaganda media are perpetuating. It isn't bad enough that they're perpetuating lies. But what they're doing is inviting the ignorant, gullible public to take leave of any intellectual honesty, logic, or fairness. What they're saying is it's now open season on everybody we hate. And all you have to do, call them racist, say they're bad, and we can send somebody in to persecute them, prosecute them, and uh, oppress them because we're going to get your approval. 
This well, is not the first time stuff like that's been done in history. No, exactly. And I think though, one thing, you know, people always say, well, what can we do? Or, you know, I think what it is important, and I had this discussion with a friend of mine just the other day, who's a very non-political person. I said, I told her, I said, you got to start paying attention. There is stuff going on and you need to, we are not right now in a time in our country where we can just kind of bury our heads in the sand and say, I'm going to live my own life. And we were talking. So what happened, Karen, you guys in Texas know this firsthand, but Denver has had, um, I think roughly a thousand illegal immigrants dropped off here, like in the past few days. Right. And so my friend was going, she was taking her two daughters. They were going to go swimming. She was going to work out at the central park, which is formerly Stapleton Rec Center. And she gets there and like, well, it's closed indefinitely. Indefinitely. And, and she's like, why? And they're like, well, home. all these Venezuelans are there now. Which is like, a Venezuelan uh, like, Her daughter goes, are the Venezuelans using all of the swimming lanes? <laughs> it's kind of like, yes, they are. Yes, they are. They're great swimmers. And she's like, what is going on, Julie? And I'm like, hello. I said, you've got to be paying attention. You think this isn't going to affect you. Then it gets even weirder. She tried to go to Costco to get eggs for her daughter's birthday breakfast, right? Costco was out of eggs. She went to Safeway. Safeway was out of eggs. She's like, what's with the, how are you out of eggs? Never mind how expensive they are these days. All the charities had bought them to make breakfast for and the Venezuelans churches. and the, the churches. churches. So she's like. To make breakfast for illegal aliens? Yes, yeah, yes. All the illegal aliens that they were keeping and, and at the rec center. They're all getting paid off by our tax dollar dollars to do it. So right. we're getting getting it up the wazoo both ways. And that's what I was telling her. I said, so you can't use a rec center until God knows when, which she was mad because she just bought a $100 membership, right? Oh, that's racist. She's a racist. And, can, and then, can I say something? Yeah. I heard, I heard this Friday, um, the mayor had opened up a special office for people that need to get their permits right away because the uh, interest rates went up and they got to start building. Oh. And so they have the, it's like an office of emergency permitting. <laughs> and uh, what happened was, but so the, the guy that's in charge of all that and the workers uh, haven't been there for two weeks because they've been volunteering or actually working overtime to help settle these immigrants. Excellent. And so all the businesses and all the businesses that have to pay extra now because they can't get their permits, they're stuck in the in the mud. So, so well, no, and thank you for that. And we're going to do yeah. a whole more show. But but I mean, and that's my point. It's like you, you we we have to pay attention. I think that that is. But it's not easy to pay attention. No. For example, it came out the FBI paid three point four million dollars to Twitter for the executive time in, in suppressing the story. Do you see that on Fox anywhere? No, no, that's not a story. They, you know, the the uh, the. Uh, Idaho murders are the only thing that matter. I mean, it's just, it's just amazing that, you know, our, our, it's not just the left-wing media. It's, it's purportedly the right-wing media. uh, People are getting, it's getting darker out there. And, uh, I guess I'm going to ask a ridiculously rhetorical question. Do you remember voting for any of this? <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, uh, were you asked whether you wanted to be voted for oppression? Were you advised yeah. to go up? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, maybe I missed it. Maybe I was not in school that day. Karen, but, this is just the price we have to pay for, for the our democracy. For our democracy. 
Yes. Well, that means in the last few minutes, because we wanted to be positive, because it's kind of a fun holiday time. I, all right. I, 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 I idea that Karen has. So, you guys, you really got to check all out. Right. What's your favorite torture device from the medieval ages? 1500 <laughs> to 1772. For this time of year, you had you said you like to talk about, and it is a good topic. What kinds of things do you do or do you, you know, give you comfort, help you get through the day, give you hope this time of, particularly this time well, of year? I like to, it's, I like to ask lots of people. I'm on this little personal quest to ask people who do have the curse of awareness, who do understand what's going on. And hopefully that number is growing. What gives you strength and comfort in times like these? Maybe because since I was a little kid, I have realized You know, I I was born not that long after the Holocaust. And I remember thinking what people who knew what was going on or did they know, what could they have felt? Now, again, I'm not saying, actually, you can draw your own conclusions. We are facing the kind of tyranny, the kind of um, historic uh, biblical proportions of something quite sinister going on. And everybody has their own opinions. The question is, no, we're not going to give up. No, we're not going to uh, just, you know, roll over. On the other hand, like the serenity prayer, there's only so much any of us can do about it because they didn't ask our permission. They appointed themselves like Napoleon, emperor over us all. They're going to decide our fate. They're going to decide whether we live or die. And they're going to put down people of faith who believe that they're accountable to something higher than them. That's why they are so threatened by people of faith. I agree. So there's nothing new under the sun. We've seen it before, but I never thought I'd live to see it. To that end, I like to ask others, one is the serenity prayer. I mean, I used to think it was so silly and platitudinous and it's not it's not god grant me the serenity to accept the things i cannot change uh the 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 courage courage to change the things i can and the wisdom to know the difference know the difference and then what do you do with the helplessness that you feel when there are things that are happening that you can't change and it's like watching a little kid run out in the middle of the street and you can't stop them. Well, that's, that's where that's where I would say it's the same thing, though. It, it grace. I mean, I believe in in grace, God's grace. I think was there is a book I read. It's a great book. It's like if you want to walk on water, you have to get out of the boat, right? So we're out of the boat now, and you only walk on water with God's grace. So the things you cannot change, I think you have to. I do anyway. Have faith. I mean, to me, that's what grace is. Grace is God giving you something that you didn't earn, that you don't deserve, that is way beyond your ability or power to do yourself. Um, but, but it's there and it's real. I mean, I experience it all the time. And so that, that's what I would say. You have, you know, that the courage, which is what you, grace comes in handy there too, right? Where do you get the courage? Well, that's also grace. Um, that's what I think. I apologize for grabbing the focus. That's okay. That's okay. You're I have this on my bulletin board in my studio. Uh-huh. And do we have enough time for... Sure, you got, we got a few minutes. That because I wanted to share this with you. 
I, I will. Um, I am doing more study of uh, not only Judaism, but the more spiritual things of life. Um, and among, this is a very popular and famous uh, verse in Torah, Joshua 1 verse 9. It's, makes me cry. Did I not command you be strong and have courage? Do not fear and do not be dismayed for the Lord. Your God is with you wherever you go. Yes. Yeah. 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 I think that that's it. I think, you know, you got to remember all of us, we're not alone. I mean, we have each other here, right. And you know, we're not, you're not a solitary voice out there. We have a community and I think, but, but bigger and broader than that, you're right. God is with us wherever we go. And that's, what the left wants us to forget. They want you to feel stupid. They want you to feel ashamed for talking like that. They want you to feel like you're an idiot for talking like that because um, it, that is that is the ultimate threat to them, I think. Well, it really comes down to inherently in human beings is a belief in something greater than themselves. Nobody has to teach you that. Nobody has to instruct you that. Um, that comes inherently. Uh, that camp comes from somewhere. And that feeling is that there is a God and that he is a good God and a merciful God, despite all the evil in the world. Um, and he has a plan for you. And it's a merciful, wonderful plan. Yeah. And beyond that, you can study all the physics you want. You can study everything else. But as long as you hold on to that core, I think you can live a happy life. And if you can't, you're not going to live a happy life. Um, so, you know, and, and you know, there's always... In, in religions, there is in, in Judaism, but there is Christianity always say, well, if you don't believe in Jesus Christ, you're going to go to hell, you know, and, and, and all those which are try to force you to, to, you know, believe because you'll be too afraid to, to not to. But all you have to remember is that you're not going to live a happy life, uh, without a belief in God. And if you don't want to believe it, that's your choice. Um, but it's, it's, it's something you can take wherever you go with you until you die. And as long as you keep that in your heart, um, you're going to be okay. Not only is it perfect for this time of year, tonight is the second night of Hanukkah, which, by the way, is not just about lights and greasy pancakes, greasy <laughs> potato pancakes. It's about a battle in which the religiously persecuted fought back and defied tyranny and won. So that's an important story to read. Um and it has not been lost on me that ultimately this is a spiritual war. And you don't all have to agree in the spirituality because America is a religiously pluralist country. But it's between those who want to be accountable to a God greater than themselves, want to be, want to do good, even if they fall short, and those who want to be God in yeah. their universe and in yours. Exactly. That's the spiritual war. So they have great hostility for anyone who decided that there is something greater than them and they're not it. All right. <laughs> Karen, with that, we I have love to you. Love you. Well, thank hey. you so much. Everybody appreciate hey. it. Bye. Merry Christmas. Happy Merry Christmas. Thank you. And this is from Barney. She says, Chuck, damn, that was awesome. Heartfelt. So oh, we're switching you. gears now. 
to the sort of Soros. No. <laughs> Our friend, um, Democrat strategist, Ted Trimpa. Um, hey, Ted. Thank hey, you Dad. How you doing? Good, there. Good to see you. Yeah, nice to see you, too. Are you in New York? Yes, yes. Uh-huh. I, I thought you this time so you could see the lights. Yeah, yeah, oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's dark given then. In, well, in a couple hours. Actually. It's 5.30 there. Yeah, there's even a tree here. Oh. Oh. Pretty. So why do have you on, um, because I th- we're going gonna to start kind of micro, but I think that there's a broader topic to talk about. So Craig Silverman. I, Let I, him I, tell the story. Yeah, you can get a Twitter fight with Craig Silverman, a former... But uh, he was a 710 KNUS host. He's a political commentator. Um, and we'll just kind of leave it there. Do you want to kind of talk about the, because I think it's indicative of sort of a bigger thing. And I'm just going to go with and that is, but the left, Ted, and you can help us understand why, have become the party of the Krabby Pants. Um, and, and they hate everybody. But why don't you, like, you kind of explain the Twitter war? Well, I, th- I think in a broader context, it's okay. um, when, you know, folks disagree with something and they just see opinions that are just really hard to get their head around, they kind of resort to what I consider to be kind of a little bit, not childish isn't necessarily the appropriate word, but just kind of some biting things, you know, that quite frankly get it for. So the quick story, maybe this is a better way to explain it, is um, everybody knows that I'm married to a right-wing guy. Um, I climb a crackpot to his face. Uh, even though I love him to death and I respect his views, works at Gutfeld, he's a senior producer for a cable TV show that's ranked in the top six of all cable TV shows, beats Colbert, Fallon, you know the, you know the drill. Right. Um, and he writes for it and he has biting humor and he's been writing more and more for them. And um, Craig sent out a tweet basically saying, well, you know, employment is good. But when, you know, a show is spewing anti-GBOT hate and spreading racism you know, at, at what, basically at what cost, you know, where is your, where is your morality? Um, and it just pushed me one step too far. It's like, first of all, one, you know, guy, you don't even know him. <laughs> um, so to say that, you know, you know, whether he has integrity or whether he's anti-gay or whether he's racist, um, it's kind of hard to say because you haven't, you've never heard him talk. You've never seen his writing. You've never sat down with him. And he's been with me for over 10 years. And the last thing I would check is, oh, I'm going to be married to an anti-gay homophobic racist. <laughs> well, that's he would just, be married to you. I mean, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, that's, that's what I was looking for. And the perfect ideal partner is, mm-hmm. you know, please be somebody who represents all the values that I've worked. Right. Um, and carries a gun. You know, yeah. And, and carries a gun. Well, and, and that, that would took me a long time to get used to. <laughs> um, but anyway, I, mean, I just responded to it. I'm like, you know, this is, you know, I, I, I don't appreciate you uh, implying all these things about him when you don't even know him. And then I said, you know, and by the way, you're better than this. You know, people are. And it's like, let their better, and bluntly, I'm saying these words on purpose, let the better angels come out. Right. Um, just because he doesn't have many of those left these days. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I mean, we can have, we can have differing views on trans and Rosh and I have just, you know, black and white in terms of different views on it. Uh, but I'm going to respect where he's coming from. I'm going to, you know, virulently disagree with it. It's much like, you know, one of my best friends, Jim Daly had a focus on the family. We just disagree about it. Just disagree. Right. And I think, you know, their views and how they talk about it is going to cause a lot of harm. Um, but you know, that's just part of what this system is. And we're just, you know, we work through it. We work through the problems. We talk about it and we, 
I think if we had a little bit of love and a lot more respect, there's a lot more that we could get done. Um, because just because you're a right winger, just because you're a left winger, doesn't necessarily make you inherent. Well, unfortunately for Craig, he's he's you know he's gone from being what he thought would be a national figure. You know, he's on crime TV, he's on a lot of things, and eventually he alienated everyone at Seven Ten Can US. He, he had a good great partner in Dan Kaplis, alienated him. He's attacking him all the time. He attacks. Oh, Peter Boyles all the time is always critiquing his show. It's called it 710 Trump hate and uh, hating Trump or hemp trade Trump hate. And, and Peter hates Trump anyway. Yeah, well, so. all, in fact, all the people there except for Andy <laughs> Corker are anti Trump, but it doesn't matter. It's just as vitriol. And I feel sorry for him. It's, it's a sad now, the fact that he's it's, down. It's, to, it's a difficult, it's a difficult situation where it's clear that you're jealous of someone else's success. Yes. Yes. And yes. so part of how you respond to that is you say someone, you know, and to Craig's credit, he, I mean, he did come back and say, okay, yeah, I don't know. Him. Right. You know, didn't say apologize. No, but, he didn't. He said, know. I don't know. Well, <laughs> the comments went on to blame Greg Gutfield and Rosh and me, and Joe, I mean, and, you know, for, for, um, you know, any shooting that's occurred in the country too. And which I think is a danger, but let me, cause I don't want to turn this into bashing people or another, except for the, yeah, no, no, no. well, let, let's, let's, let's take another example. We'll just, we'll, we'll spread this to other shows. Cause I, I think this is what we're trying to say. And I'll add this right. one in Uh little, and, and there actually have been articles about this. The senior executive producer for Tucker Carlson is gay as a goose. Married, they have houses, you know, they've been together for a very long time. Um, and okay, you know, is, does that make tar- Tucker Carlson anti-gay? I mean, has Tucker said some things that is just beyond offensive to me? Yes. But you know what? There's free speech. He has a TV show. It's really highly rated. People are watching it. Um, you know, and this guy works for him as a senior producer has been for quite some time. Um, so just, just to assume that you're working for, with shows or for shows that are saying things you don't necessarily like and things that are very controversial at the time. Right. You know, you can pick about some really controversials that we have today, immigration, trans, economy, infl- even the economy inflation aren't as big of a thing as, um, as crime or right. as immigration or as something like, uh, transgender rights. And so, you know, it, it is what it is. And so let's, you know, as a Ross said in his tweet, I think yesterday, and that is, you know, why can't we just all get along? Right. Well, and I would say too, and we've, I said this after we got fired, I'm like, really, while some of these things we disagree with vehemently, I think when you get right down to it, probably all of us agree on a lot more things than we disagree on, right? Pretty much everybody you know likes puppies, right? Maybe not cats, but puppies. Yeah, you know, I mean, people love their people love their families. I mean, I, you know, people like presents. I, I, you know, there's so much. I know these are silly little things, but I mean, I spend more time. I spend more time talking with and being around conser- true conservatives than I do true liberals. Um, and that just happens to be because some of my social circles and how things have evolved over time. And quite frankly, I would rather be around people who disagree with me on some things because it makes life a little bit more interesting. You know, you, you, I've said this on your show before. If you want a choir, go to church. Yeah. Um, and I, it, we're saying the same thing, but I, I right. just, I think that we're, we're starting to see, at least for me personally, starting to see these experiences. Um, and I'm seeing them more and more since, um, Arash works at Fox and works at a very high rated show and works at a show that has a lot of edge. 
Right. Well, and that's I'm not going to sit here and say it's milk toast because it's not. (laughs) Well, and that's the other thing, though, that I wanted to talk to you about. And and again, this is going to be my opinion. But I think, you know, Bill Maher has even said this. He's like, what has happened to us? The liberals, we used to be the funny ones. We used to be the edgy ones. He said, now all we do is crab at things. I mean, Greg Gutfeld, I got to admit, is not always my cup of tea either. But the guy, he's a comedian. He's funny. Right. So when Greg Gutfeld and the comments they have on there, they're all it's that's one of the reasons it's killing it in the ratings is because it's entertaining to watch. And you don't have to agree with them, but it is kind of, you have to kind of chuckle at it, even if you disagree with them. And what is going on, do you think, Ted? And or, or do you see it differently? But it just like seems like you want to say to these people who complain about Greg Gutfeld, lighten up for Pete's sakes. He's oh just my God. get a life. Get a yeah. life. Because first, first of all, one. When you take a look at the demographics of the polling for for Gutfeld's show, Ah. almost a third, a third of their viewers are Democrats. Yeah. Most of their viewers are unaffiliated. Right. Do you think that there are enough old people? Yeah. (laughs) We can't stay up that late. At 11 p.m. that are watching the show that drive the numbers up? No, you, mu- you must be handing out cocaine or amphetamines for all the old people. It's part, you know, it's a new Medicare program. Right, right. <laughs> to boost the ratings. Well, yeah. So what? Why has the left lost? Because they did used to be the funny ones. They used to be the. I mean, they Seattle have all the political left. humor. They, uh, you know, you go back to the '60s and all. They're all on the left. There's, there's no humor. Right. One of the things that always drove me crazy about being on the right was the lack of humor. Yeah. You know, yeah. Utter <laughs> lack of humor. It, boring. You know, reactive, never inventive, and crabby, and, crabby and you know, and, and, oh, and you, all mean, that. you mean firing line, you know, firing line with William Buckley Jr. wasn't, you know, exciting <laughs> and funny? Because <laughs> he's sitting back in Cheryl, I remember <laughs> when you take a look at Harvard, where I went to, and Yale, which they wanted me to go to, and Princeton, which is lower school. <laughs> well, I, I think that Gutfeld was talking about, I mean, he's been going on and on and, and he's, it's become a joke in and of itself of that, well, allegedly trans teacher with the giant fake breasts. And then, you know, the Biden nuclear secrets guy who was trans, who was into dog weird fetish stuff, but was stealing suitcases and wearing other people's clothes. I mean, if you're a comedian, a political comedian, I'm Just sorry. Make fun of that. Yeah, you make have fun to make fun of it. Why? Why? Wouldn't you? Right, right. Well, uh, and, and tell me, and that's, that's part. Of, that's part of how you deal with controversial issues is that you use humor. To, for example, it's like Dave Chappelle. I don't understand. I really don't. I have watched that Dave Chappelle show at least three times, and I don't take his comments to be anti-trans. If anything, he was trying to joke with them. There were some right. favorable comments about it. Um, plus, he's a comedian. Right. I mean, part part of it is like roasting people. Part of it is so. You mean all those comedians for all those years, all those years that were making fun, and that now I'm going to say something that's going to light the world on fire, but <laughs> cracked all these jokes about Jews. Yeah. I thought, oh my God, you did that today. The world oh. come to well, end. But you know, let's go back to let's go back to you know George Burns. Let's go back to Milton Berle. Let's think about Mel Brooks. Do you think Blazing Saddles could get made today? No. No, which is ridiculous. It's one of the funniest movies of all time. I bet you couldn't do Monty Python today. No. Well, it's interesting. Bring out the dead. (laughs) Well, you know you can't make fun of the dead. (laughs) Yeah. You're going to sing. You have to be really good at singing. Right. But Dave Chappelle had a a concert in San Francisco 
Um, and in San Francisco, it's 99% progressive. So sold out the show. So he invited Elon Musk up. They were booing away. Goddamn free speech. You can't have that crowd. Boo. <laughs> No, this is the other. This is the other one that, and, and again, I, it, I'm going to certify. I'm a liberal. I'm a good <laughs> Democrat. I've always been there. For people who don't know, we can sit down. We can talk policy, and you can see that I'm not some closeted little right wing guy. And that Arash is like slip something into my drink at night. All of a sudden, it's changed my mind. Um, but it's 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 getting to the point of being ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that we can't make fun of something, um, the fact that everything that we talk about has to be intertwined with what is your ideology and what do you believe and what do you really mean by that? You know, it's, it's like, it, it, in some ways it's like, and again, I'm not a parent, so I'm using an analogy that I probably shouldn't be able to use since I'm not a parent. Um, but it's in some ways, it's like we're over-parenting. You know, yeah. as a society, it's like, oh, but no, 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 no. You, you really can't think that. You really should might be, be offended. So, well, so I, what's I, going I, on? I can't believe that you would have that color of car. Yeah. <laughs> what's going on with the left then? I mean, what what happened to you guys that you seem to have completely lost your sense of humor that somebody can't watch a Greg Gutfeld show without, you know, condemning everyone? Well, I guess my pushback on that is, is that I wouldn't say we necessarily lost our humor. Um, I think there's great humor that exists out there. I think some of it is, is, is over-censored um, by ourselves. I also think that something has happened that, um, in, in my mind, helps explain some of the, what, what Bill Maher is talking about. Okay. And that is liberals, liberals, we, you know, make jokes of folks. You know, Jay Leno used to make jokes about whoever was president at the time, no matter who it was, whether right. it was, you know, I can't remember when Leno took over the show, but whether we're a Democratic Reagan, president, Republican president, Reagan. they would do that. You know, Trump is, you know, he's like the gift that keeps on giving for comedians. Sure. Um, sure. And it's just but like, so is oh, Biden. Over and over. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I totally get it. And, but with Trump, it was so loaded because a lot of the, you know, remember, actually was on your radio show. In July of 15, before I found out I was going to have to have heart surgery, I remember saying, I said, you know, Trump is either going to fizzle out really quickly or he's going to catch fire because he's going to take out a sledgehammer and he's not only going to touch all the third rails of politics, he's going to literally bang on them. Whether that's around race, whether that's all these. And he did. Right. And lit, I would argue, lit all kinds of fires that aren't necessarily healthy, um, but it provided a lot of fodder for jokes. And because this lit up, you know, a lot of folks, a lot of conservatives are like, hey, finally, somebody's speaking to me. You know, and speaking in terms of how I see the world, um, all of a sudden, a lot of this became really politicized really quickly. And it's really unfortunate because we all need to, that's, that's on, the, on the left, and I'm sure there's some folks on the right too, we just need to step back and say, you know, get A, and it rhymes with ducking. Life. Yeah, yes. <laughs> well, yeah. And I mean, and that's a thing. And, and I think that then it turns into all this weird virtue signaling. Right. And if you don't do the right virtue signaling, all of a sudden that's bad. And so I think it becomes and, and I my perception is that it, it is coming more from the left than the right, um, that that, you know, you can't everybody's afraid to say anything. And then it just takes one person standing up and saying, oh, hi, you know, you're bad for saying that. And then yeah, everyone I mean, jumps I guess, on board. You know, I guess the, the, the pushback in a very friendly way that I would have okay. to is in at least from our perception outside looking at to. Uh, Republican land, if you say anything negative about Trump, my God, people just pile on to you about it. Um, and so I, I, I think there's a little bit of this. There's both on, ways. Okay. 
on on both well, sides. Yeah, I, I used to listen to Johnny Carson and Jay Leno and 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 some of the other ones that are on the same time as as um, Jay Leno, and it, it tended to be at least with Leno and and uh, God, I forget the guy on the other channel. Um, generally speaking, more left than right, but it was funny, and you'd laugh, yeah, and you think it wasn't, it wasn't overtly political. It wasn't yeah, it was, it was somewhat political, but it was still hilarious, and and so I enjoyed it. I, I turn on Colbert or something. I, it, there's humor there. Oh, okay, can't wait. Yeah, when's the joke gonna come? I mean, it's a Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl. Yeah, now it's funny. Well, see, I like I like Colbert, but in response to why you know what's happening in in, in the world, you know, Gutfeld regularly beats Colbert now. Yeah. yeah. So, say, now, the, which Timmy says a lot about what's going on, which is a little troubling. Not troubling in a sense of that I don't like people, but just troubling in sense in terms of how people think. Well, you know, and I don't know. I'll push back, pushing back, pushing push back, back or push, push back, back with a push back. back. I don't even think. Just don't push me out the window. I won't. Yeah, it looks like a long it's ball. a long, it's a it long a ball. Long ball. New York is rampant, so you'd probably rob when you hit the street. But um, before we hit the street, <laughs> I could even suspect that the people are watching Greg Gutfeld not so much because of the politics, but just because he's kind of funny. And yeah. and and you don't. I mean, you know, you've got such a. I mean, Kat Timp, I probably would disagree with her if she were and I would have a conversation about many things, but she's funny, right? And I think that's what I think. I think that people are watching him not because he expresses something they agree with necessarily. I think he's just entertaining and funny. And I think that's what we need a lot. Well, I I find his guests, including Kat and whoever the former wrestler was far more entertaining than Greg Guffill himself. Oh, Tyrus, Tyrus and Kat. Tyrus, I'll tell you. Uh, Kat and Ross have become really good friends. And okay. so when I'm here, we hang out with her. Really? She is, really. She is really funny. She has a book coming out. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. I'm uh, here in the next few books. I, I think Harper Collins is producing it. So I'm going to bet that Greg. Right. That's on my murder. Well, hey. <laughs> All right. Well, say, hey, listen, we've run. Yeah, great talking to you and have a great Merry Christmas and say, uh, 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 hello for us, and great to we'll see do you. Merry, uh, Merry Ho Ho. That's what <laughs> I <I'm talking about. laughs> try to, try to, try to, you know, get all the happy holidays, people happy. Get all the That's Christmas right. That's right. Happy, so I just say Merry Ho Ho. Merry Ho Ho. Merry Ho Ho. Take care. All right. Thanks. We'll see you later. Thank you. All right. Thank you. And, you know, and again, a great gut field. That's great to hear that Arash is doing a lot of the writing there. He's just, he's, like I said, I, sometimes his humor is not always mine, right. um, but it's there. But here, this is from Wonderful to See Ted again. Merry Christmas. Hey, want to let everybody, Pat, Ted, people love you as always. Um, on um, Wednesday, we're going to have um, Brent Hamachek. Um, he's, he, he writes for the, or he works um, with Charlie Kirk. Um, and Turning Point USA. So we're going to have him on. And then also Mark Poff. We had Mark Poff on. This is going to be the crime segment a while ago talking about the Idaho murders. Yeah, we talked about it. And we all thought, well, maybe the guy's in jail already. That's why they yeah. seem so incompetent. No, they aren't just incompetent. They're talking about replacing him. I mean, they're, 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 they're going to send the Boulder PD, the entire <laughs> yeah. Ramsey squad up there to, <laughs> to get on it. Get on it right now. That's we're going to be talking about Wednesday. Thank you to Ted and Karen. Love all you guys. Take care, everybody. We'll see you Wednesday. Bye-bye.